You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. There are opportunities to worship God everywhere, but they might be easily missed. Most often we see images of worship being done behind microphones and on stages. While that kind of worship is good, it isn't the only kind of worship we need. The book of Psalms helps us find our own unique anthems. The Psalms leads us to worship God with all of creation, remembering what God has done, even when it's difficult, because we are God's family. As we explore this beautiful collection of ancient Hebrew poetry, we'll discover that worship is much bigger than we ever imagined. Have you ever got a song stuck in your head? Maybe it's a song from Frozen, Let It Go, and now even as I mention the song, it's going to be stuck in some of your heads all day long. Sometimes it's a silly song. Sometimes it's just a little jingle. I know at Christmas time, I get all kinds of Christmas songs stuck in my head, such as Feliz Navidad. My kids would tell you I'll just randomly just start singing lyrics from that song, or Mary, Did You Know? There's some songs that just get stuck in your head over and over again. You just keep on replaying it. You just can't help. You can't get it out of your head. Uh, songs have a way of doing that to us, don't they? There's a song that we sang at Easter called Rattled. And, and it's a song that I've been playing a lot just because I, I really love the lyrics to the song. I, I, just, I just love how this song gives me hope. I, I want to read to you some of the, the words to the song. It says, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise that makes a dead man walk again. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. Going to live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. And I I hear this song. And no matter how bad my day is going, I remember that there's hope. I remember that there's hope. We've been in a series called Anthem, and we've been studying about worship and especially the book of Psalms. And one of the Psalms that has been stuck in my mind for some time is Psalm 22. I remember many years ago I started studying the Psalm, and I was so amazed at it because it actually paints a picture of the crucifixion and the resurrection. The psalmist David wrote this prediction a thousand years before this even took place. And it's one of the most amazing predictions of all times. It describes nine events or aspects of the crucifixion that were fulfilled within six hours of Jesus being hung on the cross. The later part of the psalm describes Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Now, Can you imagine, I mean, this would be like someone predicting COVID-19 was going to take place a thousand years before. 
and giving us all the details. They would tell us how long it was going to last, how it was going to spread, the exact vaccines that were going to work. They would give us all of these details, a thousand years even before this took place. Well, this psalm makes this major prediction, and if you walk through it, you're going to see a pretty picture, or not, not necessarily a pretty picture, but you will see a picture of the crucifixion and actually the resurrection. And this psalm no doubt describes the cross, but it's also a psalm of lament that David asks some hard questions. He's in pain, and he expresses this. There are two major divisions. Ray Stedman describes these divisions like this. The first 21 verses recount all of the torments of the sufferer. And he's crying out to God in agony. Many scholars assert that the first 21 verses represent the thoughts that Jesus had as he hung and suffered on the cross. And then from verse 22 to the end, the sufferer is no, is no longer alone, but in the midst of a large company of people and is praising God, shouting in victory. And it ends with his claiming the worship of the entire world. We, we see worship throughout this psalm, especially toward the end. Let me read some of the different aspects of this psalm to you. I want to start in verse 1. It says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or your translation might say, abandoned me. Remember, those were words that Jesus said from the cross. Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice and I find no relief. The psalmist feels like God doesn't care, that God has forgotten him. Skip down to verse 14. My life is poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like a sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang close, closes uh, closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. You, you see the vivid description that we see of the crucifixion here? Verse 17, I, I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. Can you imagine as Jesus was hanging on the cross and, and people were gloating at him, staring at him? Verse 18, they divide my garments among themselves. They throw dice for my clothing. They are gambling for his clothing. We can see as we read through Psalm 22, things are not good. The psalmist feels abandoned. He's asked God to deliver him, but it hasn't happened. He's being mocked. He's being pierced. He's hurting. He's at the end of his rope. And some of you right now, you're at the end of your rope. You don't know what else to do. You don't feel like you can take one more thing. But you know what I have found? In those times of pain, in those times of pain and hurting, and in those times of lament, one of the most powerful things that you can do is to worship. When we quit complaining to other people about everything that's going on in our life, when we quit trying to fix everything ourselves, but when we go to the Lord and we cry out to Him, when we say, God, I don't know what to do, 
but I know that you do. And here's my life. And would you please lead me through whatever I'm going through right now? I, I think worship, when we worship like that, when we come and we just empty ourselves out before God, God loves that. Yes, it's hard sometimes to, to worship like that. And sometimes we want to be all prim and proper, especially when it's corporate worship, when we're worshiping around others. But sometimes when we're singing a song or sometimes when we're reading scripture or sometimes when we're just talking to God, the emotions just, just come bubbling out. And we need to let go of all of the hurt and all of the pain and all of the things that we're, that we're concerned about and just let God have it. There's a powerful three-letter word that I've learned that's especially helpful in hard times. And especially when I'm going through a time of lament. It's found in verse 9. It says, Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Despite how you feel, Despite that you feel like God has abandoned you, despite that you feel like, well, God doesn't care, David confesses the reality of the relationship, that God has loved him from the very beginning of his birth. As he was in the womb, God has loved him. God created him. That relationship is there even when you don't feel like God is working. And that's why in Psalm 22, 9 and 10, the, the psalmist himself speaks to the Lord and confesses the reality of this relationship. That despite what the enemies are implying, despite what other people are saying, that the psalmist has a real relationship with God. Did you see that powerful three-letter word that I was talking about? This small little word can turn doubt into faith. It can take a storm and add a ray of, of sunshine and hope. That three-letter three letter little word is the word yet. Just think how your outlook would change if you added this word to every bit of discouraging news you got. The situation is not any better yet. But I don't believe that God is through with this situation yet. I, I want you to try that this week. When you have some bad news, I want you to add the word yet to it. I haven't seen a turnaround in my health problems yet. My prodigal child has not returned yet. My, my marriage has not gotten better yet. I haven't seen an answer to my prayers yet. My job hasn't gotten any better yet. School hasn't gotten any better yet. I haven't experienced a breakthrough in my struggle with this sin yet. I haven't been able to really describe or share my faith story, my faith story with my friend yet. Or my child or my family member or my friend hasn't come to know Jesus yet. Yet changes everything. Yet is a word that keeps you looking up and waiting expectantly for God to move in your life and in your problems and in other people's life. Yet is an encouraging word of faith. It drives away doubt and disbelief. Satan wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to be down in the dumps. But I want you to remember that three 
letter word, yet. King David would have drowned in his despair had he not believed that God was coming through. He knew the power of yet. Verse 25, I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of, of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied, and all who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. In our suffering, in our problems, we can still worship, even when we don't feel like it. We have hope that God is still working in the midst of our problems. Each week, we try to give you some next steps. We want to encourage you not just to hear the message, but to look for ways to apply it in your life. And so I want to give you two this morning. What area of your life do you need to add the word yet to? What area of your life do you need to add the word yet to? And secondly, is there anything in your life or in your world that you haven't given yourself permission to lament, to grieve over, to, to give over to God? Sometimes we pack the hurt and the pain and we don't want to deal with it. But, it's, but we still carry it around. I want you to dig that up and I want you to give that to God and I want to give you permission to deal with your pain and your hurt. I want you to read through Psalm chapter 22 and I want you to think about all that Jesus has done for you. I want you to think about he knows all about pain and heartache and he came into this world being fully human, and he can re relate to our temptation, and he can relate to our pain. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for helping us remember that uh, you are working. Thank you for the word yet, that even though we don't see a way out, we know that there's always hope, because you conquered the grave, because you died on the cross for us, because you shed your blood for us, you took away our sin and you give us the ability to have eternal life because of your grace. Lord, as we take this communion, as we read through Psalm chapter 22, I pray that we will communion with you, that we'll have this close relationship with you. In your precious holy name, amen.